your weekend home for all things sport. This is The Grill on Dubai I 103.8. Live from Barasti. Here's Tom Urquhart. Well, thank you very much indeed and welcome to a brand new season of The Grill. We're reckoning it is our ninth having started uh, down here at Barasti Beach uh, back in 2011. Uh, what have we got coming up for you over the next three hours? Well, early kickoffs in the Premier League as Arsenal entertain Burnley in one of seven games from the English Premier League today. There's also action as well from the Scottish Premiership, from the Championship, La Liga, League uh, Serie A and the Bundesliga, so football fans well catered for. Uh, as to the rugby fans out there listening in, as we're on air between now and six o'clock, all sorts for you. Bledisloe reaction uh, from both sides of the um, Bledisloe Cup, which was uh, concluded a little earlier on today. Uh, there are World Cup warm-ups to talk about and reflect on whilst we're on air, and of course squad selection as well. Eddie Jones going early with the team that he will be taking, uh, hopefully injury-free that is, to Japan later on this year. Day four of the Lord's Test is underway. Australia resuming a little earlier on 80 for four. Uh, still trailing by 178. They've whittled that down. Have they lost any wickets? We'll tell you momentarily. And that ain't all. It might be football, rugby and cricket led today. Plus we'll look ahead to the start of the AGL next week. We get the latest from Cincinnati Open where Kyrgios has been making the headlines for the wrong reasons yet again. BMW Championship records, course records that is, have been a tumbling uh, over in Medina. Uh, and is the Ruiz-Joshua fight happening in KSA? Is it a yes? Is it a no? We'll find out more from those in the know a little later on in proceedings. This is The Grill. We're live here from Barasti. Uh, we're live on Dubai I-103.8 FM and we are asking you to come down and join in the fun. This is The Grill. Join the conversation. Text 4001 or message us for free on the Dubai I app. Well, good afternoon and welcome to The Grill, back at our spiritual home of Barasti. This is where it all started off back in 2011. And after a summer hiatus, something of a training camp over the summer, taking in new locations, uh, new views, we are back here at the home uh, for what will promise to be a fascinating season of sport all the way to the end of the year and into 2020. Big thanks to all the team at Barasti, uh, to Phil and all the crew who've looked after us uh, down at the years. And it's great to be back here again at uh, something of a new venue in terms of arrangements getting in and getting out for those that haven't been to Barasti for a while for those that want to come and join us today uh, don't go to the car park as you might have been in recent times things have changed over the course of the last two months because of the construction going on down here at Mina Siahi but to come in to La Meridian Mina Siahi and they'll point you in the right direction if you can't make it down here to Barasti at La Meridian Mina Siahi keep it locked here on Dubai I-103.8 we'll keep you updated on all the live sport throughout now from now all the way through till six o'clock uh, better still stay in touch on social media by sending us your thoughts you can get in touch at Barasti Beach at Dubai I 138 FM at Dubai I sport or of course uh, via any of our individual handles. I'll introduce you to the grill team in just a few moments' time. Uh, the uh, grill team for the first of a brand new season live from Barasti. But equally, I just want to let you know, if you want to give us a call, uh, then the lines are being manned back in the studio uh, by all the team uh, over in Knowledge Village. So uh, uh, 04871 that's 04871 Or send us a text on 4001. So basically, after all that little ramble, there's no excuse for you not to have your say. Join your conversation. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on all things sport. If you uh, are bemoaning the thoughts of some of the guys that are speaking here on the radio for the next three hours, do let us know your thoughts and put us straight. So who will be giving their thoughts? Well, it is the return of uh, football in no uncertain terms. Uh, we've had a championship and Scottish Premier League action for the last couple of weeks. We've had Premier League action for the last week. And uh, we have got uh, all the return of the big leagues over in Europe as well. As well and to talk us through a lot of that is Mr Matthew Football Fortune who's alongside <laughs> me Matt Fortune good to have you on board thanks very much Tom great to have you back as well sir all good good summer yes very nice indeed thank you apart from the uh, the one month I had to spend uh, attached to Chris McCarty going around America which did have its positives, I have to say. You survived um, it. I did, just about. I haven't seen him since, mind you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tap, you, uh, tap into your boxing knowledge a little later on. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot of football. We've got an early kickoff in the Premier League, is that right? We do indeed. The glorious Arsenal are informed today. 
Um, so we will have Arsenal against Burnley. That's kicking off for you within the next half an hour. We'll have team news for you in just a few moments' time. We'll be hearing from both the managers. And if there is a goal in that game and any other early kickoffs, then we'll put you in the picture. So Matt Football Fortune is on board with us as well, as is our very own Stato. Now, unfortunately, as those uh, avid listeners of the show will know, um, we will not be carrying the Premier League live commentary this season. Now, if that is something that annoys you... Um, and it uh, ruins your weekend, then do let us know your thoughts on that by sending us a text on 4001. Unfortunately, our contract has come to a conclusion uh, with the, all the team at TalkSport. That doesn't say we won't be talking to them at points throughout the season, but worry not. We might not have live commentary, but we do have our very own resident Stato right here. Uh, who needs TalkSport when you've got uh, Monty Stato with us here? The stats <laughs> machine is with us, and he's been crunching the numbers already in the Premier League. A fascinating first weekend. Indeed, Tom. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me once again on the show. Uh, and uh, good to be back uh, from the summer break. Um, and the Premier League is back. What can I say? It was, uh, it was a fantastic weekend last week. We had uh, Brighton and Hove Albion's win, a uh, 3-0 win against Watford, I think, was, uh, was a standout result in the Premier League last week. And today I'm actually looking forward to Arsenal versus Burnley and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, I think, in, in my opinion, this season might grab 30-odd goals. Yeah, so uh, he's, he's, my, he's my captain in Fantasy Premier League, so I'm looking forward to Pierre-Emerick scoring goals this season. Yeah. Good to have you on board, uh, Monty. Our resident Stato will bring, bring us up to date with all these statistics you need to know uh, going into the brand new season. And it's not just... Uh, football uh, uh, heavy uh, with a bit of boxing a bit of cricket and more thrown in we've got a resident rugby expert as well uh, Carlos keep possession Van Rosenfeld is the man uh, with the plan over there on one side of the table good to have you on board CVR yeah thank you very much Tom good afternoon listeners and uh, as you say welcome to the first edition of the Gruel for the season as you say it's action packed with rugby Tom what I can tell you is New Zealand are back to winning ways I'm sure Steve Hansen had a stern talking to the team this week they have retained the Bledisloe Cup and basically smashed Australia 36 points to zero this morning at Eden Park but a lot of rugby coming up with these friendlies Wales will be taking on England that's at a 5.15 kickoff South Africa take on Argentina at 5 past 7 this evening Italy take on Russia at 25 past 8 and then the late kickoff this evening France take on Scotland at 11.05 that's all the friendly warm-up games before the World Cup starting at the end of September good to have you all on board fellas uh, as we said brand new season of the grill starting down here at Barasti Beach uh, Barasti is looking a picture at the moment uh, if you're thinking what on earth are they doing at Barasti they must be absolutely sweating buckets well yeah look, it's hot but, you know, Brasti haven't got us out on the beach itself. We are inside along with all the other punters down here. So if you're looking for somewhere to watch your sport in air-conditioned comfort, get yourself down here to Brasti uh, and take advantage of the numerous screens showing all sorts of sport throughout the course of the afternoon into the evening and maybe even the early morning hours as well. So before we get on to sport uh, on the plate for us, let's just get round the table and ask uh, our grill panel today about their sporting highlights of the summer each and every one of us have either been here or been away you can pretty much guarantee that uh, with a sport fan they always try and sort of weave in some sort of sporting experience along the way so let's start with you mr fortune a sporting highlight uh, whether you were there or otherwise of the last couple of months over the summer well my for me Tom, is actually a bittersweet experience i was incredibly fortunate to be at one of those i was there moments when it comes to sports i was four rows from the front as anthony joshua was whopped upside the head more significantly than I think anybody anticipated. It was one of those, I was sitting alongside the great Chris McCarty, of course, and we had to pick our chins up from the floor. It was one of so those... Did, so did Joshua. To, absolutely. <laughs> it was one of those things where nobody moved in the whole arena. For, it all started with the concept of, let's go and see a British heavyweight at MSG. This will be an iconic experience. doesn't matter if it's over in 30, 45 seconds. We can still say we've seen AJ win his first fight in America because we all had such big hopes for him then moving on, Deontay Wilder, then Tyson Fury, big unification bout. And then to watch it unravel, and not just unravel in... As with most heavyweight shocks, you look at Lewis, you look at Tyson, with like that big Hail Mary punch that knocks someone out and it's such a shock. Joshua got beat up for four rounds from three through to seven. And I watched it again recently. I was on a flight and I realized that I'd had a downloaded version of the fight. And I was watching it again with that same excitement that I saw then because you just couldn't believe what you were seeing. And I know in 50 years time when my grandchildren are into boxing and they talk about and reference that moment, I'll be, I was there, it was incredible. 
Sporting highlight for Fortune CVR for you. Well, I've got to say, centre court Wimbledon watching Roger Federer this summer was absolutely fantastic. Of course, he didn't go to win on Wimbledon, but what a display from, from Roger Federer at the age of 37. And then I think from a rugby perspective, uh, Tom Saracen's going back-to-back, winning the Aviva Premiership as well as the European Cup. And then of late, South Africa drawing in New Zealand. It's never, ever easy getting a result in, in New Zealand. And that 16-all draw, I kind of think, has laid the platform for South Africa, given the team that confidence uh, to go into the World Cup. So, yeah, it's been a busy summer of sport. Busy summer of sport. Dare I ask, Monty, surely there's not a week that goes by without you posting from sir, some stadium around the world. What was your highlight? Um, Tom, 14th of July, for me, has to go down as one of the greatest sporting days uh, in England and in, and in the world of sports. It was the ICC Cricket World Cup, the finals and the Wimbledon, just as CVR mentioned. What a final we had. Climax, drama, entertainment. And unfortunately, one team had to lose and that was New Zealand because uh, I think they really played well. Uh, Kane Williamson uh, was, was a great leader for New Zealand. But congratulations to England on lifting uh, their, their first World Cup. Yeah. If you have to ask Mark Archer, apparently they didn't lose. <laughs> the, the England have got the World Cup, but apparently New Zealand did not lose that game. So I you told did, me. They I certainly did. won the hearts of many, put it that way. I think that was the great thing about that it's event. It's so strange though, isn't it? Let's reflect on that one a little while. I had the, 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 the privilege of, of, of being there and sort of being part of the euphoric atmosphere and just and the confusion as well it's quite sort of gratifying to hear some of the reports afterwards with a lot of the uh, the players going into the change rooms going does anyone know actually what happens now i mean because so few of them have actually been through a super over none of them knew what the sort of rules were of a super over you were conscious of it but didn't really know the 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 the, the mechanics and the rules and how things worked and was it down on boundaries or not uh, exactly the same for the crowd exactly the same pretty much for everyone watching as well so the drama that was with the confusion, I think, sort of contributed to the all. Uh, obviously, the outcome can be debated and will be debated for many years to come. Lots of people complaining, a lot of Indian cricket fans, a lot of Pakistan. In fact, world cricket fans. Everyone other than Kiwi cricket fans who seem to have just taken it on the chin. Yeah, I think, and that's absolute testament to them, but I think they've probably got an eye on September, October later this year and thinking, now nah, we're going to win something anyway when it comes to, to the Rugby World Cup. But for me, it was just one of those perfect sporting moments. And I think at the risk of sounding patronising to a nation of half the population of central London to have come that far and to have carried themselves so brilliantly well and to have been involved in something, again, going back to my reference of an I was there moment, and I know sport is about the winning, but when you weren't tipped to, to do anything near what they did, to just be a part of it, I think, I can't remember, it was one of the players who, who tweeted the following day about don't get into sport, kids. It's just a heartbreaking experience. Who <laughs> was? It was the most brilliant speech. He said, he just said, get cake and watch it on telly. It's so much more fun. But that's what it was for me. I think you're absolutely right. I, I wasn't there. That's why I didn't reference it. But I think it was the perfect sports story because it had everything. It had drama. It had something for people to talk about. It had something for the victors to really celebrate first ever triumph like that for the losers had something for them to cling on to that's a little bit of well if that had actually rubbed our way then maybe we would have had a chance i thought it was incredible sort of been spoiled though haven't we for the drama i mean a lot of people will reference the drama of the the cricket world cup final this year uh, which almost sort of took away from the drama of the uh, the wimbledon final that was ongoing at the same time which go down in history as one of the great men's wimbledon final and we haven't even mentioned Lewis Hamilton becoming uh, the most successful uh, Formula <laughs> One driver on home turf with a, a six, his sixth victory there. That, that, that even made the sports sections the following day, although that was also on the same day, uh, to be followed the following week by the Lowry story over uh, at the Open in, 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 in Ireland for the very first time. I mean, surely, surely New Zealand are just going to walk this Rugby World Cup because we can't get another dramatic tournament. Well, Tom, I... <laughs> As you say, uh, to, to me, the cricket was very confusing because I was focusing on Wimbledon and, and trying to switch over. And I think it took about 30 minutes for me to figure out exactly who won it. But I think, you know, you just summed it up. What, what a summer of sport. And uh, I think the UK was so lucky to witness this all. You forgot about the World Series game or the baseball game that happened the week before between the Yankees and, and, and the Red Sox. That was also massive. And I think, you know, as you say, it, it was just fantastic to be part of it. And uh, I think if you look at that Wimbledon final, which is the one I was glued to, I think Roger Federer must still be kicking himself. You know, he did all the hard Hard work. He, bro he broke Novak Djokovic. He had two match points, but and and just somehow couldn't finish it off. And I think a lot of people around the world have got new respect for Novak Djokovic to come back from that. He literally he was against the ropes. He was about to get knocked out, and somehow he just found that 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 extra step or extra bit of energy. And I think that really really hurt Roger Federer. You know, he was trying to be his polite self afterwards with the interviews, but you could see inside he was really really hurting. And uh, it'll be interesting to see 
how he, how he plans his career further now and for how long he will still play. Of course, that's a big question on everybody's minds. For how long uh, will Rogers still be, a, be around? One thing he, he has showed at the age of 37, I think he's, yeah, he turned 37 in this month of, of August, he's still very, very competitive and within the top three within the world. Um, you know, Tom, I've decided that next year or, or this season, I'm going to invest in three television screens. <laughs> <laughs> We need it. I think we might need more as well. Uh, yeah. It doesn't stop there as well. I'm just trying to think. I mean, are we getting to this point now where if you don't have a nail-biting finish to any game, it's not going to be worth watching? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Community Shield game come down to penalty shootout? Wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Super Cup yep. came down to penalty yeah, shootout. Liverpool, Manchester well. City. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Yep. Like, it's like if you, unless it comes down to the final minutes and it, it, it is almost a sort of lottery result at the end of it. Ain't worth watching. And what a lot of people aren't mentioning even was the Women's World Cup, which is a huge, huge yeah, success. Yeah. You know, USA once again pro- pro- proved their medal, proved to the world what a fantastic team they, were, they are. And I think also from a, from a, a sports spectacle, the attendance, the interest, um, the Lionesses were playing in the, in, the, in the semi-final in that same week when Wimbledon was happening and the cricket was happening. So it really, really was action-packed. And I could also throw in the Rugby Championship, which I've been fascinated in this year again because it's not been a one-horse race, and we've seen, obviously, congratulations to South Africa for, for raising the trophy, but all of the teams involved in the Rugby Championship this year have, have come away with something to build on. Absolutely, Tom, and I think, you know, it's fantastic to see New Zealand tested, especially such yeah. a short time before, yeah. the, before the World Cup, and I think what's happened is, yes, New Zealand did lose against 15, 14 against 15 men last week and, and the 16-all draw against South Africa, but I think what it has shown the rugby world is that New Zealand are vulnerable, and they can be beaten, and I think this makes for a, a really, really exciting World Cup because all of a sudden, I would say 12 months ago, everybody was saying New Zealand will win it, New Zealand will win it. Now all of a sudden, England have shown promise, South Africa have shown promise, Australia have shown a little bit what they, what they can do, and I believe New Zealand can be beaten. Uh, we will take a short break. When we come back, they will tell you what's happening at Lords, and of course, we'll look ahead to what's happening down at the Emirates Stadium. It is an early kickoff in the English Premier League. Arsenal against Burnley. Team News next. This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. OK, let's just put you in a picture on what's gone on so far today. Uh, one big storyline to bring you is the result of the Bledisloe Cup. Now, this was being posted as the tournament decider, or the Bledisloe decider, it should be said. This is not, nothing to do with the rugby championship. No, it was the Bledisloe decider time because last week, of course, South Africa were sipping... Uh, as I say, beverages out of the championship trophy as they secured that rugby championship trophy with that bonus point win over Argentina in Salta last week. So South Africa are the rugby championship champions this season. Of course, a sh- shortened version of the tournament, but it was all to play for in New Zealand, in Dunedin this morning, as it was for the Bledisloe Cup Australia, beating New Zealand last week. Scott Barrett getting sent off in that encounter. And for a large part of that game, New Zealand had to play with 14 men against 15. But I tell you what, it was a good old New Zealand back this morning. So Sonny Ball Williams was back in the starting lineup and really he show, made his presence felt with a 46th minute try. Richie Mohonga scoring in the 29th minute. Aaron Smith and Sevi Reese. And then, of course, Richie Mohonga, three penalties. Baden Barrett, a, a solid com- conversion. And as I say, New Zealand seeing off Australia 36 points to zero. And Tom, myself and you spoke a lot about combinations before the World Cup. And to me, at this moment in time, it seems that Steve Hansen is definitely favoring Richie Mohonga in the number 10 jersey for New Zealand. So it'll be interesting to see when they come to the World Cup. Uh, uh, final stages, should I say, quarter semi-final stages, where Baden Barrett will be featuring and if Richie Mohonga will be his first choice, number 10. But as I say, the Bledisloe Cup stays in New Zealand. New Zealand beating Australia in the Rugby Championship, 36 points to zero this morning in Eden Park. Uh, one on ODI going on today, Scotland against Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea 57 for, without loss from 12 overs against Scotland. Two test matches, though, for us to keep our eye on. Monty's keeping an eye on the scores for us. Yes, Tom, it's day four at Lords, and currently Australia won 26 for five, trailing England's first innings uh, total of 258 by 132 runs. Is that man Steve Smith again, rock solid, and carrying the bat for Australia. I think uh, he's still got seven innings to go, and he's, he's surpassed 300 runs in the Ashes already. Uh, so that's what's happening. Uh, one wicket to fall this morning over at Lords as uh, Australia try and whittle down that uh, de- deficit at the moment. Still trailed by 132. Smith and Payne at the crease and Jofra Archer bowling very solidly indeed. Uh, another test match ongoing over in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka against New Zealand. Yeah, uh, Sri Lanka currently uh, require 145 runs to win. In the second innings, they are 123 for no wicket. 
Uh, Kane Williamson had a rare failure in this test match and I think I, I truly can understand why. He, he requires a break after a tough World Cup. Uh, and, and for Sri Lanka, it's a, it's a rebuilding process because they've lost one of their talisman, uh, Lasit Malinga, and it's a new team. So, so good to see Sri Lanka uh, playing well this series, the first test match in goal. Let's focus on all things football now. Why? Because we've got early kickoff in the Premier League. Matt Fortune's got some team news for us. Let's start with the home team, Arsenal. What have they gone with? Well, Tom, the big news coming out of Emirates is that the club record signing, £72 million man Nicolas Pepe, is still not deemed ready enough to, uh, to earn a place in the starting lineup. I. Uh, I checked in on Arsenal Twitter on the way in and there's uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of anger of people wondering what on earth this guy's got to do to get in the team. I understand that he's come from a, a sort of less intense league. He came through the back of the African Cup of Nations. But when you've got a £72 million player sitting on the bench, Arsenal fans are desperate to see him. So he stays on the bench as he did when Arsenal won at Newcastle last week. But two of their summer signings, they do start. David Luiz, the controversial, some would say slightly erratic, I would say pretty good deal at eight million quid he was signed from Chelsea on deadline day he lines up alongside Socrates in the heart of defense Ashley Maitland-Niles and Nacho Monreal as they did last week complete the back four ahead of them you've got the Real Madrid loanee Danny Ceballos he'll operate deeper than I think many thought he would do as the number 10 he'll be at number eight today alongside Matteo Guendouzi then there's a three-man line of youngsters Reese Nelson and Joe Willock they'll be flanked by Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scorer last week of the one and only goal and ahead of them Alexander Lacazette comes into the starting lineup let's hear from the gaffer shall we uh Unai Emery who obviously got off to a flying start uh, for the brand new season what they've been through, Mesut and Seyad, is incredibly scary. Are you confident that mentally they're ready to play? On yes, 100%. And, and you've spoken to them and they've told you they want to play? Uh, with uh, their mentalities is uh, now and focus for us, uh, for training and for match. And, and have they given you a, a sense of how scary it was for them? Well, really, my focus is uh, be positive and, and think uh, with the player they are 100% with his mind here and uh, I, I, I want to help them to be with uh, normality with us, training, uh, thinking and above all uh, taking the focus for, for each training and each match. I think each training gives us good information and good different option with them also uh, for to, to to take the decision if they are going to, to be with us Saturday, if they, if they can play Saturday the, the first 11, but we are going to, to wait to, for tomorrow the last time. Uh, that was Unai Emery talking ahead of the game. Uh, and obviously one of the big stories that he was talking about there uh, is, of course, the inclusion uh, or, or the supposed inclusion, whether it would play, they would play or not, of Kaselnic and uh, Ozil. B bizarre story, this one, isn't it? Because it's sort of something that went under the radar with with the the, 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 the not so much carjacking attempt, but they obviously they were threatened by a, a moped gang before during pre-season. But that for then it to carry on because they were still under threat after that, and there still seems to be a shadow over it. With me reading in, yeah, albeit uh, tabloid rags, that there are security men uh, stationed outside their front gates at the moment. Well, that's it. It's it's a terrifying and, and actually, and if I can say, a woefully underreported story. Yeah. I think when you're looking at elite sportsmen in fear essentially of their life just because they are now very easy targets they're obviously well known these are young wealthy guys people know due to the nature of the the sport where they are they will know now if Meza Ozil and Saeed Kalasnach had been playing last week these thieves these gang members would have known they were in Newcastle and we've seen stories of it before I remember a few years ago in Liverpool in Manchester players homes being targeted when they were away on European days it's a terrifying story we know we know very little that is to be said all we know is that there have been threats made against the players that they have had to have personal security at their homes that that both players have sent wife uh, and family I think just in this case pets rather than children back to Germany where they were both uh, of course a German international side signed from Schalke a few years ago it's a real worrying story uh, as it is Kolasinac is back in the squad today he takes his place on the bench but Meza who would have been available and likely to start I would venture uh, he's actually ill unfortunately so is unable to make the squad Let's hear from Sean Dyche now, uh, the Burnley governor, who takes his team down to the uh, capital London, uh, capital of the UK, to take on Arsenal. Uh, good result for Burnley last weekend as well. Sees them higher in the division than Arsenal going into the second week of the Premier League. And in fact, Sean Dyche is full of admiration 
for his two-goal Wonderman Barnes from the first week end of the season. Result, how would you rate your performance to get it? Um, pretty good. I think, you know, it was a tough tough game for both teams, by the way. Conditions were awful. Um, you were was, the ball was travelling all over the place, which made it difficult. Um, first half, we stuck at it. I thought they had a good shape about them, and, and we couldn't really find the moments. Neither did they, to be fair. It was kind of a, a middle kind of game, not a lot in the, both boxes. And really, second half, we asked them, the players to ask more questions at the back. And, and you know, and, and, and by doing so, I thought their, their back line got a little bit misshapen a couple of times. And all of a sudden, the, the energy started to build. And then some pockets of real good quality to go and uh, get a good result today. Ashley Barnes is so crucial for you at so many times. He just has that ability to be in the right place, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, great admiration for him because this preseason he's stuck at it, hasn't got a goal. And, and he looked hungry today for it. And I mean, the first one's a fantastic touch and finish. I mean, he's read it brilliantly. Um, you know, he's worked on the maybes, as I call them. You know, maybe the centre half's going to miss it. He's, he's travelled through. But what a fantastic touch in here. It's a great skill, that. And, uh, and his second uh, finish is, is sublime. I mean, it's a brilliant ball in from Eric Peters, but it's a great finish. You know, when they finish like that centre forward, it looks easy. It's not easy, you know, when it's coming over your shoulder like that. But um, no, two great finishes. And, and Johan's as well. So, no, very pleasing. But pleased for the players in general. You know, they've come back this preseason with a real edge to them. I think we've all learned from last season. It doesn't guarantee anything this season, but it guarantees that your brain's clear from last season. It guarantees that, you know, you should come in with a thirst and desire knowing how tough the Premier League is. And I think we've done that preseason. Like I said, it doesn't guarantee you a season. Season, but it's a nice start for us. I think that that mentality and the energy of the side and the will and desire is there. And I thought it was evident today. Yeah, I mean a lot of games, even the one you played against Southampton in February, they can go either way. So it's, it's good to get this one in your favour, isn't it? No, of course. And you know, they're, they're, I mean, we know how tough the Premier League is. You know, and and we, we've we've seen it time on time. It's my fifth season in it, and it's tough. Um, you take these results, but by no means do you think it guarantees you the next one. You know you've got to stay on top of your performances, and, and I think. But 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 on the other hand, I must say, you know, the lads are coming really bright this preseason, and as a collective, not just individuals. I think the whole group, and there's a nice desire about them at the minute, and of course, a, a bigger fight for the shirt. You know, we managed to bring players in who will affect that situation and be very competitive, and we want that as well. But overall, today, very very pleased. You mentioned a tussle for the shirt. Do you think Ashley Barnes reacted to the fact that J Rod was on the bench? No, I think there's a healthy respect. I think there is a competitive edge, but it's healthy. I think they're they're a good group. I think they get on uh, as a as a group. Um, you know, not easy. People talk about this this teamship and teamwork as if it's easy to build. It's not. But I think our players have got it here. And like I say, you're always looking to push the margins in your favour. It doesn't guarantee you anything. But if you if you're working as a collective, you've got people who are the players who come up from the bench today, nice and sharp. The energy of the side and the commitment in the side, then they're they're valuable things over a Premier League season. Just one final thought, what was your feelings about the VAR intervention? Not too much of it today, I mean the offside and, and perhaps a, a red card that they looked at. Yeah, I mean I, I'm a fan of it generally. Uh, I thought the red card was a close one, I must say. I've only just seen it back, but I thought that was a close one. Um, I don't want to see red cards ideally, but I thought that was a close one. And look, it is what it is. I think it was streamlined. I think it was almost sod's law that the first weekend there's numerous things gone on already. I saw some of the Man City uh, highlights today. But at the end of the day, the more they streamline it, the more they get used to it. You know, it's there for a reason. It's there to get the big decisions right, or as many as we can. And I think in a marketplace where there's so much up for grabs and so much money involved, I think it's important. Right, we are. That's what's happening uh, for... Well, those are the thoughts of Sean Dyche after the game last week. This, uh, his second game is underway. A big task as he's taken his team down to the Emirates Stadium to take on... Arsenal, uh, how have Burnley lined up? Let's get the latest from Fortune. Yeah, what happened? Well, as you might expect, uh, Sean Dyche, after a 3 0 win, a thumping through on anyway, he touched on it there last week. They were very impressive, Burnley, I thought. I have to say, I've pinned them to go down this year. I don't think he's really evolved the side much in the last couple of years, but, but he certainly uh, shut me up. I'm not entirely sure that was his motivation last week, but he certainly did it with that 3 0 win. So, as expected, he does start with exactly the same 11 as it was then. So, Nick Pope in goal, Matt Loughton, James Tarkowski, Ben Mee, and Eric Peters with that one. Wonderful assist, Peters, last week. They make up the back four. Then you've got Goodmanson, Jack Cork, Ashley Westwood and Dwight McNeil in the midfield four with Chris Wood. And that man, Ashley Barnes, two-goal Ashley Barnes, he leads the line. And one thing I will say, with David Luiz starting, I remember last year, Ashley Barnes, let's just say, got under the skin of David Luiz when David Luiz was at Chelsea. Made things very, very difficult for him. 
I'm a bit worried as an Arsenal fan about today. I look at the stats, but Arsenal are the only team that Sean Dyche is yet to get a point off in his Premier League career. So you would think that with Arsenal having won last week that this would be a tricky challenge. But I fancy Ashley Barnes to, to rough up a defence that still retains not a lot of convincingness from my side. Talking of the stats, let's get uh, some thoughts from Monty. The stat over yeah. there in the corner, What does the, where do they point at the moment? Um, at the moment, like I said earlier, I'm looking at uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. The stat says that as an Arsenal player, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has scored 33 goals for Arsenal in 50 games. That's the highest uh, uh, highest strike rate that uh, that a player from Arsenal in, 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 as a striker has had. So he's even overtaken Thierry Henry and Ian Wright in those in those stat, stat in, in, in those terms. So I think he's going to bag two goals today. This is my prediction, and I think a three nil three one scoreline for Arsenal this afternoon. We get money ball. We got Monty, Monty <laughs> ball. That's what it's going to be throughout the season. Here he's, he's crunching the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Uh, we will get back to those numbers and talk uh, more about this game and the other Premier League games. Plus, of course, all the other big games across Europe in just a few moments' time. This is the grill live from Barasti, where the game is always on. It's on, it's the big screen down here at Barasti in front of us. If you want to watch Arsenal against Burnley, get yourself down here. But they're also showing the cricket and a little later on the rugby. So no excuse for sports fans out there to get yourself down here and enjoy all the latest from the world of sport. Let's get an update from the Emirates if we can. Uh, Matt Football Furlong, uh, Fortune is alongside us. Furlong, he's not here today. <laughs> Paul Furlong. You joined us last year. Fortune, what's happening? Yeah, we're about six minutes in. Uh, not a lot of note, I have to say. The one thing I will say, though, is in true <laughs> Sideshow Bob, David Luiz style, the first thing he's done is take a very simple pass inside the box, let it roll under his foot, and then whip a curling ball from the byline across the face of the goal, miss a goalkeeper, miss a defender. It was all sixes and sevens back there, but we're still nil-nil. Nil-nil at the moment. What's happening down at Lords? Let's get the latest. Monty's keeping an eye on the scoreboard. Yeah, Australia currently 135 for five. Steve Smith and the captain Tim Payne batting uh, in the middle, and uh, a good partnership building here for Australia. And this this is a this is a very key moment in the Test match for England because they have to win at Lords. Uh, one of seven games uh, this one taking place this afternoon Arsenal against Burnley that is in the football in the Premier League uh, Six of the, five of the other games will be kicking off at 6 o'clock local time here in the UAE and then your late kickoff is at 8.30 this evening Man City against Tottenham we'll have more build up from that one uh, let's just go around the table though I just want to get thoughts because of this this is the second week of the uh, English Premier League 2019 into 2020 what do we learn from the first other than I mean I think the only thing that I learned from the first is that I wish we would stop making season-long predictions after the first game of what is a very long season. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I think the the 24-hour news cycle has certainly perpetuated that need (laughs) for constant, constant feeling about what might happen here, what might happen there. And and you look at, I think the Man United-Chelsea game was the the prime example, really. Chelsea were excellent, I thought, for the best part of 20, 25 minutes and actually pretty good for for most of the first half. Unfortunately, they, they collapsed, their defensive errors kind of really shone a light on the big job that I think Frank Lampard has to do there but are Manchester United four goals better than Chelsea no absolutely not did Manchester United win their first game of the season under Louis van Gaal 4-0 the year that he was uh, got rid of yes they did you, you're absolutely right that you can't read much into it but it does make it fun when my team win and, and most of my rival teams struggle I did enjoy that part of it yeah I mean from a West Ham fans point of view it's <laughs> nice to it's nice to sort of start off where we left off as well you know after all the all the elation of the off-season and the transfer market and the big names coming in and things it's nice to be on the receiving end of a 5-0 thumping it's just, you know there's no point getting carried away it's, you know just it, it put us back into uh, you know leaving the stadium a good 10 minutes before full time <laughs> that's that's the West Ham way Tom just to give you some hope Premier League's not one in the first week of August. That's my mantra now already. What did you take away from the first weekend? I, I think at the, at the end of the day, before, as I said before the league even started, I think it's going to be a two-horse race again. I, I don't see anybody getting anywhere close to City and, and Liverpool. I think, yes, I'm a United fan. No need to get excited over that 4-0 drubbing. I don't think that they were so much better than, than what, what Chelsea were. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be very, very difficult to catch those two teams. A team that I still kind of fancy that I think could break it into the top four this year is Leicester City. I like Brendan Rodgers. I like what he's done with him and I think if he can get you know people to feed uh, Vardy once again we know we know what Vardy can can do but I think if I just look at this Premier League season 
as a whole from the first week, it's a two-horse race. It's going to be between Manchester City and Liverpool once again. Villa against Bournemouth, Brighton against West Ham, Everton against Watford, Norwich against Newcastle, Southampton against Liverpool. Those are all your six o'clock kickoffs local time here in the UAE. Other than Liverpool, who will be expected to go close Monty this year, any of those other names jump off the page for you? Yeah, let me uh, let me uh, go to Everton. Everton, I think, have made a great signing in Moise Keane, the 19-year-old kid. And if you see Everton's fixtures in the first 14 fixtures of the season, Everton are playing, I think, Spurs and Manchester City only, the top two uh, who uh, amongst the big heavyweights in the Premier League. So I think Everton might just uh, sneak into the top six, in my opinion, this season. Yeah. And were you impressed by, I mean, who sort of caught your eye on the first week? I know you're a keen observer of the game as well as the statistics. Yeah, the results like Manchester United uh, defeating Chelsea at home 4-0 was, uh, I would say it's too early to call, uh, to, to say that Manchester United will be uh, challenging for the title. It is a two-horse race, like CVR mentioned, between Manchester City and Liverpool. Uh, however, I think um, uh, we, we, cannot, we, can, we can never write off because this is the start of a long marathon, nine yeah, months. I know, yeah. and, I, and, and, and I go back to my original point of saying I think we get very carried away, and you're, you're quite right about the news cycle and demanding of, you know, right, they're finished and they're going down and he's only got a couple of months in the job, etc. But... I suppose if you, if you sort of put that to one side and just look at the style of play of a couple of the teams, and from a Man United fan's point of view, and my son is a Man United fan, and I sat and watched this game uh, with him last week uh, uh, after having watched the, the, the rugby, and you know, the, the smile was back on his face. You know, we watched the full 90 minutes. He was buzzing afterwards as well because they played positively, and that was what was missing. For the, ma- for the major part of last season. In all honesty, Tom, I'm so tired of hearing these stories because <laughs> come January last, the beginning of this year, everyone was, Oli at the wheel, things are looking better, Pogba's got a smile on his face, United are happy. To me, it's a little too early to tell. Yes, I think it was a positive result. I think it, it was a good way to, to, to start off the season. I still maintain, I don't think Oli's the, the, the right guy for the job. I think that uh, Maguire has been a good signing, but he's got to kick on. It's, it's been his first game. And I, and I still think it's going to be a big struggle for Man United to make the top four this season. Yes, they did look a lot, a lot, a lot more positive. I don't think Chelsea were, were, were at their best. Uh, but as I said, it's, it's a long season and uh, I've still got my question marks around Ole. Yep. I think Manchester United, uh, the thing is they're lacking, uh, they're lacking um, depth in midfield. They've, they've, they've uh, strengthened the back line, for which gives me stability in Harry Maguire, uh, Victor Lindelof. I think they'll form a form- formidable partnership this season. However, the midfield, uh, we, we needed some reinforcements, and we have a goal here. We do indeed. First goal, not of the Premier League season, but certainly of the Grill brand new season. Uh, let's go to a beaming gunner. Yeah, indeed. Thank you, Tom. Certainly not the prettiest goal that I think Arsenal will score this year, but it's come from the right boot of Alexandra Lacazette. We played 12 minutes. The move started actually with a, a dubiously given free kick down near the corner flag, a handball, I believe, against Eric Peters. The first cross came in, a little bit of pinball, and the ball was looped back in for Lacazette, whose smart header was tipped over by Nick Pope from the subsequent corner, whipped in by Danny Ceballos to the near post found itself at Lacazette's feet. He has one, two, three defenders at him, pulling him to the floor. My initial celebration was for what I thought was a penalty being given, but what you see is that Lacazette on his backside, sweeping a right foot towards the ball and through the legs of Nick Pope, 1-0 Arsenal. Surely Pope could have done more with that one. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's that close going through your legs. As somebody who has spent his very, very average amateur football career between the sticks, it's incredibly <laughs> tricky to get your legs closed. McCarty would have stopped it. Well, I've seen Chris McCarty concede 10 in a game once upon a time, <laughs> so I'm not so sure myself. But yeah, 1-0 Arsenal. Uh, just on the Arsenal thing as well, because we've been talking about yeah. you know optimism as well. And I suppose Arsenal are a great example of that because uh, Unai Emery's had that one season sort of bed in if you like no one was really expecting him to do you know pull up trees in that first season the in the era after Arsene Wenger but he's he's been able to sort of mold his team now mold his squad sort of quiet optimism Mm. yeah it's funny wasn't it because I was on I was on the grill about three weeks before the season started when the rumours of the Nicolas Pepe signing came through and I was I mean I was close to tears at one point it's funny what spending a little bit of money can do to to change the mood um, the thing with with Emre I referred to it you touched on it there Tom I referred it to the uh, the anyone but Wenger bounce that Unai Emery experienced there he did really have a free hit he could have got it catastrophically wrong at which point he probably would have been pushed out the door but he was only given a two-year deal which 
showed that he was being given one season to, to kind of stamp a little bit of authority on the team. And season two, he has to kick on. Anything short of top four for Arsenal will be a failure for Unai Emery. But what he has done is given you something to believe in. I think that's the most important thing. So what can we draw from your original question of, of what is there in week one? Just give people something to believe in. More often than not, and I know it was absolutely throwing it down in Newcastle for the Arsenal first game. It's normally a sunny day. It's your first back. You're into the new season. There's a new kit. Arsenal again in an absolutely beautiful retro kit this season. You've got so much to, so much hope. I think for so many teams because you're seeing some of your your football friends. You've gone to the same restaurants and bars before the game. You just want something to believe in. And speaking from an Arsenal perspective, seeing two English teenagers in the starting lineup, seeing a little bit of fluidity coming through midfielding, seeing the growth of. Matteo Guendouzi, that's what you want. I don't have any expectation that Arsenal are going to be knocking on the door of, of the top two, certainly, maybe even not the top four, but we do have something to believe in. It wasn't pretty last week, but there's a little bit of hope, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch a bit on Liverpool here. I think defensively, Liverpool were great last season, uh, but this season, I think uh, a lot of teams have studied that defence, and I think Liverpool will be tested this season, and, and it's, it's the job of uh, Virgil van Dijk to to tell Alexander-Arnold and Robertson not to push up to front because that's what they're doing at the moment because that's where confidence is uh, confidence level they're, they're very high but complacency that's what probably would catch Liverpool and they would concede a lot of not a lot of goals but they would concede, concede goals I, I feel this season yeah so there's just a little sort of summary from the boys down here, the grill panel, if you like. Uh, do you agree? Uh, do you completely disagree? Either or, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, one thing you've got to uh, show kudos for and thank the Premier League for is their creativity when it comes... I mean, the boys have been creative there with their thoughts as well. But what about the Premier League when it comes to creativity? Uh, looking ahead to a brand new season, uh, looking back at the first weekend of action and putting it all to the genre and the art of rap. Match day two of the Premier League season then kicks off at the Emirates. Arsenal taking on Burnley. Time for some predictions, Shaka. Drama from day one. This is the league we want to watch. Hey, yo, welcome to the Premier League. You already know that be the techiest division that the world's ever seen. From 92 when it busts in the scene. My goals, my games, football like we had never seen. Man United were the first to win it. Steve Bruce double headers in them final minutes. Ferguson made it clear he never came to play. Ain't nobody wanted more even to this day. Hey, who remembers Arsenal's unbeatable run? Now nah, even talking the invincible one. Talking back in 02 back when Rooney came through. He was 16 and he shocked everyone. Man came off the bench and he did top bins. When he was shocked, can't believe it went in. Youngest scorer in the league at the time, it was him. No shout out, Rooney, that's a Premier League king. And so was Alan Shearer, the league's highest scorer. Ain't no other player scored more than him. Could be headers or shots, don't let him get near the box. The nine times out of ten, you know he's gonna get in. A shout out, Gage, you know he's got the most assists. And he's lifted the trophy, what, 13 times? Ain't no player wanted more, that's a Prem King for sure. You done no gigs, he was ahead of his time. Ain't remember that game, QPR in Man City. The title race was close. It was getting mad sticky One minute left And the score was 2-2 Weren't looking like The City boys Were going to pull through Fans started stressing They thought that it was done But they didn't know What was soon about to come Man we all to Aguero And nickel one to a girl Left at the fender shot It went through City won the league First time in four decades What a sight to be seen A fairy tale end For the Mancini team Great managers Come and help the clubs Live the dream And all the best ones Reside in the Premier League Look at Mourinho And what he done for Chelsea Man won in the league two years in a row Try to know he ain't called a special one for no reason He's back to his talk and he let results show No bias being real as I can Seems the pressure of the league really gets to a man Remember 96 back when Keegan had his random love he had for his club? Yeah, I fully understand But who's the best from the Prem though? Sterling, Gerrard, Salah, Guero, Bell, Kane Giggs, Ronaldo, Lampard, Skulls, I found This is hard though. Beckham, Suarez, Burkhardt, Cobb. The list is too long, man. Only God knows. But for me, it was Thierry Yomri. Remember how them gunners were back in 03? You know they were incredible. They couldn't be beaten. Suppose that's why they call it the invincible season. But you know what I love most about the whole premise? The fact you never really know how it's going to end. Like, back 
in 16 No one thought Leicester was gonna win the league 5,000 to 1 but they still had the dream Shout out Ranieri and the rest of the team Jamie Vardy had the party, what a sight to be seen Season just gone, tell me that wasn't mad though Some people saying it's the best we ever had yo The race got deep, it went down to the wire But see it had a rain, they didn't want it to expire The Reds nearly had it, they nearly brought it home They always play with their hearts so they will never walk alone So near but so far man, they lost it by a prank See the season just gone, nah it didn't disappoint Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham and Chelsea The battle for the third and the fourth it was healthy Some might even say it was the best of all time Remember Beckham's goal from the halfway line Or the two from your bower back in 1995 Probably the best goals I've seen in my life Moments from the Prem you could have never foresaw Kind of like Blackburn in the season 94 So many great moments plus so many more So many great goals and amazing scores I just really hope the Prem goes on forever I just love the way it brings people together All different classes, all different races No room for prejudice, no room for racists No homophobics, anti-abrasive This is everybody's game, rainbow laces Look inside the crowd, so many different faces Dare to enjoy, that's what everybody's aim is The most watched league, man, it can't be beat The kick scheme help young kids come off the streets Sterling and Zaha, just to name a few With hard work and dedication, that could be you You know they watch it in China, they watch it in Kuwait They watch it in India, they watch it in the States Every time it goes away, it's the longest wait But every time it comes back, man, it's always great For England's top 20, man, you gotta be intrigued There ain't no football in the world like the Premier League New season, a fresh start This is the Premier League, and dreams do come true You're listening to The Grill More of the biggest sports stories now On Dubai Eye 103.8 uh, place being suspended over in Sri Lanka because of the bad light. Sri Lanka still needing 135 runs to win. Uh, that's day four of five in the test match uh, between Sri Lanka and New Zealand. It's also day four of five in what's been a rain-interrupted test match at Lords. Wednesday, the whole day was lost. Got a full day on the Thursday. Uh, only played until lunch yesterday, thankfully. Things looking a bit better today and tomorrow. Let's get the latest. Monty's keeping an eye. Australia currently 154 for 5 and Steve Smith has got his half century here and the run machine just keeps going on and on and on. I I mean it's it's difficult to get this man out uh, no matter who they pick up, Joffre Archer or name any other bowler. So England require wickets and uh, they they, they need to level the series Uh, and and I hope it's, it's not too late. Yeah. I will keep an eye on that one for you. If you've got any ideas how to get Steve Smith out, please. I love that. I had a great story as well. When people were arriving on the tube at St. John's Wood yesterday, uh, the person who makes the announcements on the tube, as people were getting off, said, rather than saying, please stand clear of the, uh, of the closing doors, please stand clear, he said, uh, please, if anybody knows how to get Steve Smith out, make yourself known to the reception at St. John's Wood Station. Can't, can't we retrospectively extend his ban? I think that's probably <laughs> going to be the only way that England have a hope on this one. It's, uh, it's quite worrying. We'll talk more cricket in a few moments' time. Premier League, early kick-off. Uh, we're down to the Emirates Stadium. Matt's keeping an eye on this one for us. Yeah, it's been an interesting 15 minutes for Burnley since they fell behind to that Alex Lacazette goal. They have certainly been the team in the ascendancy. Uh, almost immediately, I think within a couple of minutes, Ashley Barnes went very, very close, turning Ashley Maitland-Niles inside out and rifling a left-footed shot just wide of the far post. After that, there was a close-range header, which actually ruled out for offside, which means it probably won't make the highlights real, but it was uh, an absolute brilliant save from Bernd Leno from about three yards out. And then again, a bit like the Arsenal goal, a bit of head tennis in the area, there was an almighty scramble after Leno flapped at a corner, but Burnley couldn't make it count. This is a tight game, Tom. Keep an eye on that one for you. I want to get the boys' reaction on the Premier League rap as well from Rapman. Now, they thought I was taking the mickey. That is an official piece that's been posted on the Premier League YouTube channel, uh, which gives you all the highlights and bits and pieces of the games, etc. So that's something to look forward to throughout the rest of the... I mean, could we emulate that, do you think, Matt? Well, I think if you give me the whole season, I probably won't get to the end of the song, Tom. It lasted about 10 seconds in my headphones before I I politely turned my back on it. It was very... uh it was very on message, I noticed. There was lots of marketing campaigns being, uh, being threaded into the lyrics. I'm not going to say it's going to make <laughs> top of the charts, put it that way. Uh, Carlos? Yeah, I, I, I always like a little bit of different. I think it was pretty good. And uh, hands off to the person who wrote the lyrics. He basically covered everything from Jose Mourinho to Kevin Keegan to Mancini. A lot of the forgotten heroes of the Premier League featured in that little, uh, in that little rap song. And yeah, Tom, I think it's, it's something good, bringing something different. 
Uh, uh, Monty, we'll have you rapping it as of next week, all right? I don't want any results or stats other sure. than rap, all right? I'll, I'll learn the lyrics and I'll be back for sure, yeah. Uh, listen, we focus <laughs> a lot on the Premier League, lest we forget some big news stories coming out of some of the big European leagues as well. Before we do that, and obviously, whilst we're on air, we'll have news from the Bundesliga, or at least the first half hour of the games that kick off 5.30 over in the Bundesliga. If you think that the Premier League rap was bad, wait for this one, which is a little tee-up for a brand new season in the Bundesliga. It's been a long, boring summer. Endless days with nothing to do. But all that's about to change. Let your new kick on and your dancing shoes too. The Bundesliga's back. The Bundesliga's back. The golden shot and end. The Bundesliga's back. The season starts again. Attack, attack, attack. Defend, defend, defend. And guys, have you had a long boring summer yeah endless days with nothing to do yeah. Oh, that's about to change. Get your new kit on right. and your running shoes too. The Bundesliga's back. Yeah. Bundesliga's back. The boredom's at an end. The Bundesliga's back. The season starts again. welcome back with my Croatian it's quite enough of that. I mean, we will play the whole thing, all three minutes of it, if you really want, but you have to send in a few texts for that. At least at least Ratman's got one up on that. Yeah, I, I apologise to Ratman. I take it all back, please, back on the airwaves. I just worry about the uh, those people in their cars that thought, oh, I could do with a little bit of cultured sports discussion, flick on Dubai 103.8, and I met with that, Tom. Do you know what the bizarre thing is about that? That is the official Goodness Bundesliga me. song. Wow. That's on the official Bundesliga media channel as a little tee-up to their season. With nothing like a bit of German techno, Tom. The only thing missing there is David Hasselhoff. I would have liked him to have sung I mean, it because he's, he's quite big in those part of the world. Um, I, 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 hope, I hope that my German bosses were listening because uh, I work for a German company, uh, Nabuda Automobile, so I think uh, I'll, I'll make them listen to this tomorrow. <laughs> quite right, too. A lot of games to look forward to in the Bundesliga later on. But the big talker, I suppose, is from last night. Uh, although, is it? I mean, first game of the season, headlines uh, in Germany and in other uh, places around the world. Bayern Munich drop points. It's only the first game of the season. Yeah, but Tom, when, you, when you've set the trend and when we're going into the first Bundesliga season in a number of years where there's genuine hope and belief that the yellow wave, that Borussia Dortmund can actually go for the title this year. Last year, I know they ran it pretty close. I mean, they, they faltered towards the end of the season but they were really the talk of Europe for much of the campaign and then fell away a lot of their youthful players that had had sparked such interest in them through the most part of the first half of the season faded away a lack of experience there but there is now genuine belief that a Dortmund side can for the first I think in seven years lift that uh, that coveted big dish of the Bundesliga crown and it's going to be a fascinating one to watch so when you see Bayern slip not looking particularly impressive off the back of a, a rather underwhelming transfer window, shall we say. I know that we'll, we'll talk shortly about the news overnight that Philip Coutinho is likely to go there on a one-year loan deal. It still hasn't captured the imagination. Even Perisic has gone there, and uh, so much so that the manager, Kovac, had to actually apologize, not necessarily apologise, but justify the move in the press conference. It's not a happy camp in Bavaria right now, so it's going to be an interesting one to watch, not help then, when they draw two each as they did. Yep. I think also the, the news of Leroy Sané, he, he's out with an ACL for eight months or nine months, and Bayern Munich had eyes on him, so that's a big loss as well for Bayern Munich, and I, I think uh, Mats Hummel's return back to Borussia Dortmund will also help Dortmund's chances this season in the Bundesliga. Those are the thoughts of the boys. If you'd like to share your thoughts, then please do so now by texting us on 4001. Or better still, join us. Come on down here to Barasti. Uh, we've got the big game on the big screen behind us. Arsenal against Burnley. If you want to watch the foot, the, the cricket, uh, that's being shown down here, as is the rugby as well. So no excuse for sports fans. Come on down and be part uh, of all the live sport at Barasti Beach and all the live sport right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is The Grill on Dubai Eye 103.8.